Well, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. So glad you're joining us today and welcome to everybody else. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 31 today, so start flipping there. In my Bible, it's kind of right in the middle. And so as you're flipping there, I really want to open our time with a word of prayer. So would you pray with me? Father, I just thank you for uh, allowing us to take these moments that we can share in your word online, wherever everybody's watching. And uh, so, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to us, that you would use this time to encourage us. I pray that everyone who's watching would be blessed by this, especially our moms today. And I pray that you'd use me to speak your word and allow us to receive it, Lord, with joy. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would move. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, we're going to be in Proverbs 31, but we're going to start in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And, um, you know, Mother's Day is kind of a difficult time for pastors because there's so many different people in the audience. We have um, probably half of you are guys, and we really don't want you to tune out. We want this to be helpful for you. And so if you're a guy, stay in. I think there's going to be biblical principles that you can apply to your life. And then if you're kind of a young single man, these, these things that we're going to talk about today are going to help you kind of have a model for how you can find a woman of God. And, uh, but then there's other people who have so desired to be a mom but have not been able to. And, uh, and so this is a struggling day for you. And I really just want you to know that God sees you and He knows right where you are. And uh, He cares about your deepest desires. And so just let Him be there for you today. And then uh, some, of us, some of you have lost your moms. And, and so um, today is a reminder and a grief and some sadness. And uh, I just want to ask you, just let God be your comforter today. And I really believe that all of us are going to receive something. And today, although there's so many different people in the audience, I think it's great that we have a day set aside in our nation to remind us of the importance that mothers play in our lives and, and allow us an opportunity to be obedient to the scriptures and honor our mothers and be grateful for them and bless them. And, and, um, and it gives us an opportunity to open God's word and be reminded of the irreplaceable role that mothers play in the life of uh, the church and in the plan of God. And so um, we're just going to see today, um, we're actually going to talk about a legacy, a lasting legacy. And I, again, I think it's going to be helpful for everyone. A lasting legacy. Um, here, here's kind of the main question that I want us to consider today. And that is, what legacy am I leaving? What legacy am I leaving? I think right now the problem is we're so nearsighted as a society that we're so thinking about just today and living it up today and YOLO, you know, live today uh, as best you can because we're not guaranteed anything tomorrow. And, and there's definitely something to be said about being present uh, where you are, but I think the Bible is going to teach us that we should be generational thinkers, that we should not just be thinking about my life or, or my time. We should be thinking about the next generation and the generations to come, be thinking about leaving a godly legacy. I think right now our society is uh, thinks so much about the weekend when we should be thinking about the year end. And not even just the year end, but the next decade and the next 10 decades. And well, how am I living today to pass on a lasting legacy of faith? And uh, what is a legacy? Well, a legacy is, is simply put, it's um, the impact... Uh, the felt impact of your life on the world. So uh, a legacy is your impact felt on, the, felt on the earth. It's what you pass on to the next generation. And when I think about a lasting legacy, I, I think about uh, 
Timothy in the New Testament, and he was the Apostle Paul's intern and went on to pastor a great church in Ephesus. And when we think about Timothy in the Bible, it's hard to separate him from his upbringing. I mean, he had um, the Bible is clear that he was raised and inspired by his mother Eunice and his grandmother uh, Lois. And we see Paul mention this in First Second uh, Timothy chapter one verse five, where he says this to Timothy. Paul writing, he says, verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure it dwells in you as well. And so he's like, this faith, this legacy of faith, it's been passed down to you, Timothy, by your grandmother and your mother, and they've been so influential in your life. And these women are being credited with, with uh, bringing up one of the most influential pastors in the biblical record. And we really don't know much about Eunice other than she was married to a Greek, but we know that Paul thought that Timothy had some great biblical training from his youth. We see him mention this in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 15, or let's start in verse 14, where he says, "For But as for you, continue in what you have learned, and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are now able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And so uh, the, 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 his faith can be attributed to his mother and his grandmother. They were primarily responsible for establishing Timothy in the faith because of the early training of these two godly women, God was able to use one of the greatest followers of Jesus, Paul, to continue Timothy's training. I mean, I, and I think any mother would be proud if, if the apostle Paul came to their hometown looking for the next leader and he chooses your son because of um, his godliness attributed to the women in his life. I mean, that would be quite, quite a thing. And so passing down a legacy of faith, moms and grandmas and ladies, hey, um, what kind of influence and what kind of legacy are you leaving in the lives of your children and your grandchildren and your nieces and nephews and Sunday school classes? And I think your influence is way greater than you even know. Just um, think of some of these biblical examples of mothers passing down to their children. Think of uh, Moses' mother, um, where uh, she was bold and courageous enough to risk her life to save Moses. And Moses eventually became um, one of Israel's greatest and most faithful leaders because he had a, a mother who helped him. Consider Deborah in the book of Judges who helped lead the entire nation of Israel into victory. Or consider Naomi who helped Ruth find the one true God where she would become a part of a godly heritage and in the kingly line of David and even of Christ's heritage. Or consider Hannah who begged and pleaded with God to give her a child and with the promise of to give him back to God. And then Hannah kept her promise and Samuel would end up leading one of Israel's finest moments. Consider Mary, the mother of Jesus, who had great faith to bear this child at such a young age, who was a virgin, and her son Jesus, who would 
was not only the only son of God, but also the savior of the world. Just think of these women of the Bible, and there's so many more examples of women of the Bible who did strong and courageous and faith-filled things to pass on a legacy of faith to the next generation. And Proverbs 31 is revealing to us really the ideal woman, a woman of leg- who leaves a lasting legacy. If you've ever wondered, hey, if you're a woman, you're like, man, I wonder what kind of woman God wants me to be. Just go look at Proverbs 31. This is the model woman of God. And uh, if, you, if you're single and you're looking for a wife and it's like, what kind of woman should I be looking for? Go look at Proverbs 31 and get some qualifications of a godly woman. It's been said that behind uh, every great man is a faithful woman lifting up uh, his arms. Since the beginning of time, women have contributed to so much in society and, and uh, time does not really permit us to tell of each contribution, but uh, in biblical culture, it was women who primarily uh, were responsible for the care uh, of the children, and thus they were the greatest example uh, that the children had in their lives. They were the greatest influence in the lives of their children from day to day. And throughout history, women have contributed to great art and music and theology and education and exploration and adventure. And the Proverbs 31 woman depicts a strong and godly woman as someone who runs her business and her home and all while making everyone, especially her husband and children, proud. So let's see about this this Proverbs 31 woman. Let's read it together. Uh, If you're going to flip there, Proverbs uh, 31, we're going to start in verse 10. Let's just read it all through and then we'll unpack a little bit from it. An excellent wife. Who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ship of a merchant. She brings food in from afar. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and Portions for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the the staff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hands to the poor and reaches her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates and when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, as he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works Praise her in the gates. Wow. 
What a woman. I mean, there's so much going on here. Such a woman of God, such a woman of legacy. And there's so many character qualities of this Proverbs 31 woman that we could spend so much time unpacking them all. And I really hope that you'll go and and read it and study it for yourself and absorb all that there is right there. But today we only have enough time to highlight just a few of the things uh, that she is leaving in her legacy. And so uh, the first thing is this, um, a legacy of strength and wisdom. A legacy of strength and wisdom. Look at verse 17 as we look at her strength. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. And then look at verse 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. Man, women are strong. Mamas are strong, right? And you, you typically don't think of women as strong, but I'll tell you, women are strong. And this woman was strong. And he's, but she's not even talking, she's not talking about um, their physical strength because um, this, this doesn't really mention any of her physical attributes. It's not talking about physical strength. It's not talking about strength like Katie Joe and Nikki, uh, like CrossFit strength. Like those women, those women are strong, right? Like physically strong, right? Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Praise God for them. But, uh, but that's not the type of strength that's talking about. It's not talking about physical strength. It's talking about emotional strength and mental strength and spiritual strength. That's what it's talking about. Uh, uh, I was, man, whenever I saw, witnessed my wife, Cammie, she went through such a difficult pregnancy and then uh, childbirth. It's like, wow, once you witness someone go through all that, it's like your respect for women's strength goes through the roof. Because I'll tell you, as a guy, guys, hey, um, if, if we went through that, I don't know if I could have made it, right? It, it, I don't know. Women are strong. Mamas are strong. And she's not really waiting on a man to make her strong. She's not getting her strength from a man. She's not getting any of that from her man. She's, she is strong. She's got, where does she get her strength? She gets her strength from the Lord. Look at Psalm 73, 26, where it says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Where do I get my strength? I get my strength from the Lord. Look at verse 25, where it says, Strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time to come. I love that it says she laughs, like she has a sense of humor. But She's laughing at the time to come means I'm not worried about the future. I'm not stressed. I'm not anxious about it. I'm not worried because I've got the Lord and the Lord is my strength and I am secure in him. And and no one has to give me strength because my strength comes from God. A legacy of strength and, and of wisdom. Look at verse 18. She perceives, she perceives that her merchandise is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. She's she's perceptive. And then look at verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She's got wisdom. She's got wisdom. And we learned recently in a previous sermon that wisdom is skill for daily living. That um, it's not just about knowing stuff. Right? We all know stuff, but it's about doing stuff with what you know. And um, I think a lot of our problem is not that we need to know more stuff. We know a lot of stuff, but we don't do stuff with what we know. And mamas know how to do stuff with what they know, put their knowledge into action. And um, 
so thankful for a wise mama. We need to leave a legacy of wisdom. But where does our wisdom come from? I think it primarily comes from the Lord. We see this in James chapter 1, verse 5, where he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Where does our wisdom come from? It comes from God. And he will give it to you if you need it and you ask for it. But God uses some different um, methods to get us wisdom, and one of them is our parents. The book of Proverbs is just riddled with all types of verses that talk about the wisdom that we're receiving from our parents. But here's one, it's a famous one, maybe you know it, where it says in Proverbs 22, 6, Train up a child in the way they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That we are charged with passing wisdom down to the next generation, and we receive wisdom from our parents. And then marriage, we get, we get wisdom by being married. And um, God speaks through our wives because a lot of times um, they know more and they're wiser than we give them credit for. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've been in a position where it's like, I think we should do something and I don't, she doesn't know and maybe we shouldn't do that and well, let's do it anyways and it just doesn't work out, right? Because mama knows. You ever heard mama knows? Mama knows. It just happened yesterday. Yesterday I was looking for something in a drawer and she's like, what are you looking for? And I told her and she's like, oh, I don't think it's in that drawer. And I was like, oh, I think it is. And I just kept looking, looked through, pulled out everything of the drawer, put everything back in the drawer because of course there wasn't any, it wasn't in there, right? Because mama knows. Mama's got wisdom. Mama knows some stuff. And, um, and the longer you're married, the more you learn from your spouse. Um, a legacy of wisdom. Wouldn't it be nice if every child thought of their mother the way the Bible depicts the importance of her? Wouldn't it? Maybe you've heard this before, that to a four-year-old, mama can do anything. To an eight-year-old, mama knows a lot. To a 12-year-old, uh, mama doesn't know much of anything. To a 16-year-old, it's not worth asking mom because she doesn't know. To an 18-year-old, mother is out of date. To a 25-year-old, mom might know a thing or two. To a 35-year-old, it's probably best to consult mom on this issue. To a 50-year-old, some wish that they could consult mommy. And to a 70-year-old, they often wonder what mom would have said about this. And although that saying is, is, is unknown, the source of that saying is unknown, the reality is that children grow in stages um, on how they feel about their moms. But hey, children, kids, don't ever be ashamed of your mom. Your mom has lived longer and she is definitely worth consulting at every stage because mama has wisdom. And I hope that you seek to be a mom or, or a person that passes down a legacy of strength and wisdom. And here's the second thing that we see is a legacy of selflessness. Let's look at a couple of verses. Verse 12 says, She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. So she's doing good to her husband. Look at verse uh, 15. She rises while it is yet night to provide food for her household and portions for her maids, maidens. So she's getting up early to work hard, provide for her house and her, and her servants. Uh, verse 20 says, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hand to the needy. So now she's providing to the people who aren't in her household who are in need. And then in verse 27 says, She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 
Man, so it's like she is caring. She is selfless. Everyone gets better when she's around. So she, her husband is getting better. She's selfless towards her husband. She's selfless towards her family and her children and her servants. And she's selfless towards the needy and to, to those who are poor. And she's selfless to her whole household. I mean, she's just selfless and caring and brings value everywhere she goes. Isn't this the greatest command of all is to love others? Isn't that what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, where he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And I'm paraphrasing, but he pretty much said, the greatest commandment is to love God with everything and to love your neighbor as yourself. And to love your neighbor is not just about having feelings or emotions or a warm and fuzzy feeling of love towards your neighbor. It's about putting them first. It's about you before me and serving them and being selfless toward them. He said, that's the greatest commandment. Wow. Let's consider some modern examples of this. Maybe you're familiar with the name Corey Ten Boom. She was a, a single woman all her life who was responsible for hiding many Jews away from the Nazi Holocaust. I mean, what a bold and courageous woman uh, who certainly had a great legacy and, and plenty of influence. Or what about the life of Elizabeth Elliot? whose uh, missionary husband, Jim, was killed by the very people they sought to reach. And Elizabeth stayed on the mission field and continued with her daughter to reach out to the very tribe that killed her husband. And what a great example of biblical faith and character and strength. Oh my goodness. Or what about um, Amy Carmichael? Amy Carmichael was a single woman and a missionary to India, and she started an orphanage for sexually trafficked uh, girls and, and also boys, and she was called Ama, which means mother. Um, she would go on to write many books, but she left quite a legacy and an impact on the world around her. These are women who modeled selflessness and left a legacy of selflessness. So whatever God's calling you today, his desire is that you would influence and make an impact right where you are, in the location where he has placed you, in the family and the influence that he has placed you in. Philippians 2, 3 and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let's leave a legacy of selflessness. Not everything's about me and serving me and, and doing for me, but how can I do for others? Sacrificing self for the good of others. And if you're like me, I had a mother who modeled that greatly. Modeled self-denial, selfless service of her entire family. Well, let's go on. And the last thing is this, um, a legacy of faith. This is the most important one, a legacy of faith. Let's look at verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. She's a woman of faith. What does it mean to fear the Lord? It means that she had awe and respect for the Lord. She was a worshiper of God. She loves the Lord. And this is the foundational thing that influences and motivates every other thing in her life. 
I mean, just think about it. It's her faith that gives her strength. Her strength comes from the Lord. Think about it. Her wisdom. What do we say? Her wisdom comes from the Lord. Her, her ability to be selfless. Uh, it comes from because we had a Lord who modeled selflessness for us. That we are able to love because He first loved us and He showed us what it meant to really be selfless. And now His Spirit in us can empower us to be selfless. And, uh, and so... This faith is the main thing. This is the thing that we want to make sure we pass on to the next generation. Faithfulness. I'm so blessed and thankful that I had a praying mama. A mom who prayed for me and still does and taught me the scriptures. I I can kind of relate to Timothy because I had a, a mother who was loved the Lord, and a grandmother who loved the Lord, and even a great-grandmother who loved the Lord. And I even have fond memories of my great-grandmother and knowing her, and then my grandmother who's still alive today, and her faith, such an encouragement to me even today. And then my mother. And uh, some people have asked, how at such a young age have you been able to to have seemingly a, a decent understanding of the Bible and things of that nature? And And I attribute it all to being raised in a Christian home that didn't just go to church on Sundays, didn't just claim Christianity as their religion, but uh, modeled it in the home and taught me the Bible, taught us the scriptures, prayed with us, prayed for us, taught us to pray, kept us in the Lord's house. I mean, I'm so blessed. And my entire life has been affected by the legacy of faith. I'm blessed to be a part of a long legacy of faith. And if there's any one thing that we want to pass on to the next generation, it is a deep and strong and solid and robust faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Deuteronomy really tells us to do. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 5 through 7, says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you, you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Shall talk of them when they, you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. What he's saying is that all the time be talking about the scriptures. Be teaching these things to your children, modeling them for your kids. Psalm 145.4 says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I love that. That it's one generation's job to pass the faith on to the next generation, to let them know about all the goodness of the Lord and to pass that on. And uh, I really pray that for you, that you would be serious about passing on a legacy of faith. And I just want to encourage you that these things are more caught than taught, right? And teaching, teaching is a part of leaving a legacy and, and raising your kids, but... I'll tell you, they're going to catch more of your stuff than, than what you teach them. And uh, right now, Rory is in the stage of life where she's like parroting everything. She's like just repeating stuff. And it's like, I don't have to teach her to say these things or do these things. It's like, I say something and she just repeats me. And now she starts saying that thing. Or I do something and she just does it. And then she starts repeating that thing and it becomes part of her life. Like she's just catching stuff from me. And so I got to be intentional about about what I'm saying and what I'm doing. And so if they're going to catch stuff from you, let them see you praying. 
Let them see you studying the scriptures. Let them see you walking in faith and serving others and worshiping the Lord passionately, like model for them what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Here's the thing. You will leave a legacy. You are going to make an impact on the next generation. But will your legacy be a good one? Will it be a godly one? Will it be a legacy of faith? Will it be a legacy of strength and wisdom and selflessness and worship? Will you leave a legacy of faith? Your decisions today are going to affect the generations to come. What's outstanding here about each woman that we see um, that made an impact in the Bible is that each of their stories are different. Uh, that means that there's no perfect candidate uh, for being a great mom or a great woman of God. Look at this. She's, in other words, you don't have to, to have it all figured out. Aren't you glad? You don't have to have it all figured out. God can use your imperfections. You don't have to be a stay-at-home mom or, uh, or a working mom. Look at this. Where she, what we see is that she is someone who takes care of her family. The Proverbs 31 woman, the model woman, is one who takes care of her family, but she's also one who's an entrepreneur and doing business and, and making money and providing too. And I think like in our culture, especially down south here, it's almost like if you're a working mother, you can almost feel like you're failing, like you're doing something wrong. But here's the thing. The model woman, the woman in Scripture, is a woman who works. And, and so there's a place for staying at home, and that can be a full-time job, right? That's this whole thing, and let God use you in that. But it's also okay if you're a working mom. You don't have to be a, a married mom or a widowed mom or a divorced mom. You don't have to be a mom at all in order for God to use you. God can do anything with anyone who is fully devoted to Him. He can. How are you allowing God to use your situation today? Women are not empowered by societal decrees or they're not empowered by their home. Women are not empowered by their workplace. Girls and teens are not empowered by um, the clothes you wear or the people that you hang out with. Girls, ladies, and women, like all people, are empowered by the intrinsic God-given worth that you possess. You can do this because God has empowered you to do this. And God has a plan of influence for each person as an individual. Not just moms, not just women, men too, you guys. We're going to hone down on you on Father's Day. But God has a plan and influence for you. What does He want you to do today? Are you fulfilling it? Have you gotten distracted from that plan? Or are you seeking to fulfill the plan? And so I just want to encourage you, as followers of Jesus, we need to be legacy people. People who are intentional about leaving a legacy to the next generation. And are you going to leave a legacy of faith? I hope you do. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for our time in your word. And God, I pray that we would all uh, accept the responsibility and the challenge to not just be about ourselves or about our own lives, God, but to be thinking about what we are leaving to the following generations. I pray that we'd be people who pray for the next generation and that we'd be people who model what it means to be wise and strong in the Lord, selfless and serving, and people of 
sincere faith who love you and model that for our children and everyone who you've caused us to have influence over. And Lord, I pray that you'd speak specifically to each person, whatever their unique context is today, that your word would apply directly to their life. I pray you'd bless them, keep them, and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope you have a happy Mother's Day, and I will see you right here next week. God bless you.